0: Welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Mike Foreman, Senior Pastor of the First Baptist Church of Level Plains. For more information about Pastor Mike and the church, please visit our website at www.fbclp.life. Let's join Pastor Mike now as he shares from God's Word. A picture of Jesus found there. And so what I want to do this morning is just sort of walk us through A few texts of scripture, not really elaborating a long, long time because I want to keep my my promise and get you out on time this morning. But I just want to stir your heart and I want to stir your mind about this one called Jesus. So just listen as I read some narratives to you this morning. First of all, I want you to know that this babe of ours is God the creator. Oftentimes we forget that. That Jesus is creator. Paul picks up on that in Colossians chapter one, verse 16. He says, for by him, that is Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. What a great reminder that when we begin to read the pages of Holy Scripture and we bump into Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, where it says that God begins to create, that that God that is creating is Jesus. It is the word Elohim that's used there. It's the, it's the plural word for God in the Hebrew that helps us to remember that, that God in his being is one, but in his persons is three. That is that God is in perfect unity in the Godhead, yet he is three distinct persons. So Jesus was at creation. We often forget that. But it's good to remember that because some believe that Jesus, in fact, was created, but he wasn't. When Mary gave birth to Jesus here in the narrative that we read this morning, this was not the beginning or the existence of Jesus coming to be. No, Jesus already existed. He is eternal. Why? Because he is God. And because he's God, he's the creator. Everything that we enjoy, everything that we see, he created. Amen? But not only that, think about this. The babe is also the great I am who Abraham worshipped. Now think about that for a minute. He's the great I am that Abraham worshipped. You say, well, where did... Where did Abraham see Jesus? Well, according to John chapter 8, verses 56 and following, listen to what it says. It says, your father Abraham, J- Jesus talking to the, the Jews who are in opposition to him, he says this to them. He says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And then listen what he said. And he saw it and was glad. That's interesting. Then the Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old. And you have seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham came into the world, Jesus was alive. Amen? And he says, I am. If you read the rest of that story, they thought he was a blasphemer because he claimed to be God. But think about it. We don't think much about the Old Testament characters bumping into this person, Jesus. You say, when did he see Jesus? Well, do you remember that there were three angelic visitors that came to see Abraham? And in those three angelic visits, there was one who was the spokesman, the angel of the Lord. And that angel of the Lord is none other than I believe than Jesus Christ, giving Abraham the plan. And if you remember He disappears, he fades off the scene and the other two angels go on down to Sodom and Gomorrah. Jesus and Abraham. Isn't that amazing when you begin to think about this babe is the one Abraham encountered in the Old Testament in Genesis Chapter 12. It's incredible to me. The, the other thing about this babe we don't think about is this that the babe is also the one who delivered Israel out of Egypt. Listen to what Jude, chapter 5, says. Jude says this, but I want to remind you that though you once knew this, that the Lord, he says, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. Jude is talking about apostasy. He's talking about those who had faith but denounce their faith. Now, now we believe, as as followers of Christ, we believe the Bible, that if somebody says they have faith, and they truly do have faith, they'll never forsake it. But those who say they have faith, but then forsake it, we believe were never saved to begin with. They were never part of the family of God to begin with. And so Jude is writing, and he's reminding the people that, we have these apostates around, but as he's reminding them of apostates, he said, I want to remind you too that Jesus was the one who led Israel out of Egypt. We don't think of that very much. We think about God doing that. We think about God commissioning Moses to do that. But right here, Jude's saying it was Jesus that participated. When we think about the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, I think about Jesus, how he leads how how he's leading the people of Israel out. What an incredible journey when you begin to think about how Jesus shows up, even in the exodus. And you know what's incredible about that is when you begin to think about why did Jesus come? Why was he born? Why did he live a sinless life? To offer us the ultimate exodus, the exodus out of sin, amen? Because we all were in bondage. We all were... Held captive by sin. Unable to do anything about our hopeless state. Yet Jesus would come and make the way. Amen. And he would do that through not a cloud or a pillar of fire. But he would do that by a cross at Calvary. But not only that. I want you to think about this. He is also the babe. is also the fourth man in the fiery furnace. Do you remember Daniel chapter 3? There were three friends of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the Bible says that they refused, when the music played, they refused to bow down to the statue of Nebuchadnezzar. And when the word got back to Nebuchadnezzar, he was angry. He was so angry that he told them, <coughs> "Excuse me, go and heat up the furnace seven times hotter than what we normally heat it up. If you know anything about that chapter in chapter 3 of Daniel, <clears throat> when they were marching Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to the fire, that those who threw them into the fire were consumed themselves. That's how hot the fire was. Isn't that incredible to think about? And so Nebuchadnezzar, he's watching this scene, and then he says these words in chapter 3, verse 25. He said, look. I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Jesus met them in the fiery furnace. Well, we often forget that, don't we? Jesus is a great deliverer. And here he delivers them from the fire of punishment by Nebuchadnezzar. Listen, he delivers from the fire of hell, amen, for us. Thank God for that. Aren't you excited that he does that for us? Thankful that Jesus would pay the punishment so I don't have to. That he took all my sin and shame and all the wrath of God he bore on the cross of Calvary. I don't have to bear the wrath of God because he bore it for me in my place on the cross of Calvary. That's tremendous. But listen, not only that, but we often forget that the babe, Jesus, is also the same one that Isaiah saw in the temple. Isaiah 6, he goes into the temple and he sees the train of God filling the temple. Well, listen to how John chapter 12, listen to how Jesus responds to that incident. Jesus in John 12 says, therefore, they could not believe because Isaiah said again, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Listen, Verse 41. These things Isaiah said when he saw his, Jesus' glory, and spoke of him. Think about that beautiful picture of God in the temple. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. You're saying, really, preacher? Well, hold to your seat. I'm going to show you in a minute in John's revelation how that's Jesus. Then, Then I want you to understand this. The babe is also the water that flowed in the wilderness. You know when the people of God were traveling, they came out of Egypt, and they had the water come from the rock? That's Jesus. He said, where do you get that? Well, Paul gives that to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse four. Listen to what Paul says. And all drank of the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Isn't that incredible? And you know, it's no surprising then that Jesus, on the last day of celebration, would cry out, he who's thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. Wow. The water that Jesus gives is everlasting water. He told the woman at the well, if you drink this water, you'll never thirst again. Jesus obviously talking about giving salvation, amen? Giving something that will quench the soul. And then lastly, I want you to see, well, not lastly, but close, that the babe that we see and we celebrate is none other than the one that John saw in the revelation. And by the way, the revelation, we make it complicated, but it's all about Jesus. That's all it's about, revealing the son. And so listen to John's narrative. In John chapter one, he gets called up into heaven and he sees this great vision. He says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see right in the book and send it to the seven churches that are in Asia, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamus, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me And having turned, I saw, here it is, seven golden lampstands. That's the churches. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man. Let me tell you something. Jesus is all about First Baptist Church of Level Plains. He stands in the midst of our church. Amen? And that's comforting to know, but it's also horrifying to know. It's good to know that Jesus is with us, but it's also horrifying to know that when he stood among the other churches, he wrote some letters about them, didn't he? And he he wrote, Five, good, uh, five bad letters and two good ones, right? there, were, Out of seven, there was two that seemed to have it a little better than others. <clears throat> but he says, and in the midst, he said, I turned and I saw the seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment, here it is, down to the feet and girded about his chest with a golden band. His head and his hair were white like wool. And as as white as snow, he says. And his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace. His voice is the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, John said, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he, here it is, who lives, who was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. None other than Jesus Christ. Sounds a little familiar to the resemblance of what we hear in Isaiah 6, doesn't it? about the train of God filling the temple. This is our king, y'all. This is the babe that we celebrate this morning. But here's the best news of all. The babe that we celebrate today, not only is he all these things we've talked about, but ultimately, as we think about Christmas, he is God's gift to us. Can I just tell you this morning that the reality is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, the good news of the gospel, the good news at Christmas, is that the greatest gift was offered by God the Father through his son Jesus Christ, and that's salvation. That you and I today, we can celebrate God. We can come into his presence, and we can pray at any moment, and we can worship this King of kings and the Lord of lords, because God gave the gift of his son. And that gift involved death, death of the cross, the death that you and I deserved because of the sin that we toted, the sin that we had, the nature of sin that really defined who we were, separated from God, without hope, without Christ in this world. The Bible says that when Jesus came, it was a dark world and this light came and it shone into the darkness. But you know what? Even when the light shone, guess what? The darkness tried to overtake it. But the good news is that you can't snuff out the light of Christ. And the light of Christ continues to shine forth. And if you're here this morning, the greatest gift that you could receive this Christmas season is the gift that God has given through His Son, Jesus Christ. So you don't have to try to earn your way to heaven, you don't have to try to buy your way into heaven. Listen, you don't even have to do religion to get to heaven. Isn't that good news? I'm gonna tell you what religion will do. Religion will tire you out. Religion will put you in a burden. As a matter of fact, so heavy, Jesus said about religion, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Following Jesus, having a relationship with Christ by God's gift to us is not about religion. It's about a relationship. It's about repentance, it's about repenting of your sin and putting your faith in God through his Son Jesus Christ. Realizing <clears throat> excuse me, that it's only his sacrifice on the cross of Calvary that buys salvation. It's only by his blood shed that your sins can be washed white. It's only by his resurrection from the dead can you be justified. And so as we celebrate Christmas and we remember this babe who is all these things, let us remember that the babe is ultimately your savior. The one who came to be the Lord of your life. And he calls us to repentance. He calls us to faith. For it's by grace through faith only that you're saved. And so he calls us even this morning this Christmas day to celebrate him, to worship him, but to surrender to him. Let's pray together. Thank you for listening today. And remember, you can find more information about Pastor Mike and the church at our website, www.fbclp.life.